Tonight, we press play on the last seven days and unpack the week from the cheap seats with your hosts, Melody Bracewell and Tim McDonald. Good evening. Thank you for joining us in the cheap seats. And we're here to break down the biggest story of the week. There was a cow wandering around Bunbury today, raising awareness for mental health. We'll have full coverage of that. Awareness for mental health. It was launching Movember. Uh, <laughs> and that's where we're starting the show. So. Can, can I get a support cow in here? <laughs> well, how's this for a lineup tonight, Mel? Mel Trasina's back, Titus O'Reilly, plus how's this? English Channel swimmer Chloe McArdle joins us. Record breaker. Plus ABC weatherman and space fan Nate Byrne is here. On what promises to be, Mel, a magical night. 26 hours of live TV. <laughs> 26 hours of live TV. We're gonna do it. It will feel longer. <laughs> that, of course, was Telethon in Perth, the biggest night of the year in Western Australia, raising a huge amount of money. I think it's their biggest ever Telethon for some incredibly worthy causes. And the phones were running hot all night. Now the phone's ringing. That's what I want to know. Are they going nuts? Yes. Um, no, they're not. They're a bit quiet <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> the first yes was just the acknowledgement of the question. Yep. Not uh, running hot. <laughs> which is hard to believe because the phone number is so easy to remember. Amber, what's the number? It is 13007337. Sorry, 13037507. I need you to remember that number, 137307. 137. 137307 to let us know. Oh, and 507. It's actually the reading and writing hotline, funnily enough. Well, it was hard to tell if the volunteers were there to take calls or give applause. Give us a cheer. Oh, give it up for Jade too. Incredible. I mean... <laughs> Good to see our audience out and about. Um, it was partly hosted by some up-and-coming media students. Lesson one, ad-libbing and camera selection. Let's try and get there. Now, you're going to be hearing a bit from us in just a bit, but let's hear a message from somebody else. Yep. <laughs> Someone's going to go online and find my Media Studies YouTube channel and roast the shit out of me. I was going to say, they're graduates of the Cheap Seats Academy. Yeah. So <laughs> he is on a Tim McDonald scholarship, so That's he will go far. <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, Mel, it's all about nurturing and supporting these kids. 23, come on, 23. Oh oh! I'm, I'm sorry. So That's all I can say. I'm you're sorry. You're an embarrassment to yourself. Well, <laughs> That was her mum, so... <laughs> Lots of Channel 7 personalities involved in Telethon, though you get the sense Sunrise's Matt Doran just had a strange dream. Um, but it's such a great fundraiser. I mean, yeah. Matt, yeah. it's such an institution in WA. Were you there that year? Um, Daryl Braithwaite was uh, singing horses and we were all on stage and we all ended up with our shirts off. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that was just you at that time. <laughs> And, and you were there, and you were there. He needs a lecture from the cash cow about mental health. Um, that's what he needs. Uh, it's not just telethon. As every state hits a vaccine milestone, there's plenty to be proud of. Tonight, we've done it. Tonight, we've done it. Melbourne, we did it. As WA continues to be the lowest vaccinated state in the country. We did, we did it! it. <laughs> to be 
fair, they're three hours behind. Okay. So it's <laughs> South Australian Premier Stephen Marshall is more proud of this. We're being prudent here in South Australia. When we look at uh, our death rate here in South Australia, I think it's the envy of the world. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want to live there. Uh... <laughs> look, while we're hitting vaccine milestones, many are still hesitant. Not sure Victoria's Jerome Weinmar is helping. There is more vaccine available, whether it's Moderna, Pfizer or AstraZeneca, you know, choose your poison, but... <laughs> Choose your microchip. Uh... Victoria's poison is the envy of the world, so well done. In Queensland, you can now get your vaccine at Bunnings. This is a live look at a Brisbane Bunnings now offering vaccines with a snag and some bollards. Amazing. What a deal. <laughs> well, it's not just the jabs, but the snags as well, Mel. Who doesn't love a Bunnings sausage sizzle? Yay! Sausages are back! <laughs> The dining perhaps a little finer at The Rocks tonight. <laughs> but do that, The Rocks do bollards? Yeah. That's the question. That, that sausage was actually the mental health cow, so... Oh, okay. um... <laughs> New South Wales made the decision to end quarantine this week and this reporter made the decision to stand on a lazy Susan. 16 days. There will be no-one left inside this hotel behind us to quarantine. They don't know when they'll again be able to welcome tourists. <laughs> fantastic. That is... There's been a mixed response to Dominic Pirate's decision to end quarantine. The roadmap we've set is the right approach, but you know, on one hand you say we're going too quickly, on the other hand you say well, we're not doing enough. That's probably a good sign that we've got it right. Everyone's complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's been a busy week for the New South Wales Premier, Mel. He and his wife announced they're expecting their seventh baby. The Today Show's Chris Smith gave us a little too much information. Obviously at the point of conception, Ali... He didn't think he was going to run a state so soon, surely. <laughs> I, I reckon he was. I reckon that got him over the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> on the one hand, you thought Mel went too far. On the other hand, not far enough. <laughs> um, well, I'm not sure about this sentence either. And what sort of a minibus do you buy when you've got seven kids and a family of nine? It's inconceivable. <laughs> The problem is he's too conceivable. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Well, Dominic Perrottet is not the only one thinking of conceiving, Mel. You get the sense Channel 7's Paul Dowsley is trying to organise an orgy. Get vaccinated. And if I have ten at my house, can I hug them? Can I kiss them if we're all vaccinated? What's the recommendation? <laughs> Maybe ask them first. <laughs> Sounds like one of Matt Doran's dreams. <laughs> uh, as we continue to open up, there'll be less need for restrictions. And Sunrise host Monique Wright ended up proving there's even less need for reporters. 70% double-dose target. It is now anticipated to be on Thursday. But even then, our travel limit will extend to 25 kilometres. We still won't... Yeah, still won't be able to do everything that you'd like to. Ainsley Posh is in Hobart. Now, Ainsley. She'll be hosting Telethon in no time. Uh, look, in Melbourne, restrictions will be eased on Freedom Friday, Mel, and residents are already planning to welcome guests to their homes. An anti-lockdown protester has told police he dug a large hole in his backyard to imprison Daniel Andrews. Right. That was a challenge on making it Australia, I think. We're really taking a turn this week. Still, there are restrictions, as a current affair reported this week. James and his partner got slapped with $1,000 fines while enjoying a noodle soup. How was the noodle soup? Not <laughs> <laughs> the main point. Investigative journalism, alive and well. Uh... It was the ramen from hell. So, still, there are some businesses feeling the pinch. Victor Watts runs cute and cuddly pony hire. The joy that we get out of it 
is just really good. <laughs> because nothing's as cute and cuddly like a spiderweb neck tat. <laughs> Tasmania now, which was hit by a lockdown over the weekend. Hobart streets bleak and empty on what would normally be a day of bustling activity. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Saturday. Their streets haven't been that quiet since Friday. So that is unbelievable. <laughs> Look, Tasmania's outbreak was sparked by a positive return traveller. Let's get the latest. Our reporter Ainsley Kosh joins us in the studio. Now, Ainsley, do we have any information about how this man managed to escape the Travelodge facility? No, we don't, Kim. <laughs> I reckon I only come into the studio when you have something. <laughs> Take your own advice, Tim. <laughs> if, I, if I had something, I'd come back right now. <laughs> Thankfully, Tasmanians are in the safe hands of a highly skilled, dedicated team of healthcare professionals. These naked nurses putting on their own show. <laughs> Shout out to the staff at the Royal Spearmint Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we can cross to Paul Dowsley, who is racing to the scene. We will bring you more of that. Still, the lockdown has forced some events to cancel. The Unconformity Festival on Tasmania's west coast has had to be packed up before it could begin. If there's any festival that should ignore the health advice, it's the Unconformity <laughs> Festival. What are they doing? And it wasn't the only event that pulled the plug. Three performances of the Rocky Horror Show have had to be cancelled. Not due to COVID, just bad reviews. <laughs> and, and yet, amazingly, we're still on. Um, well, let's find out what's still to come on our show. So it's over to the star of Q8's breakfast TV show, Sunshine. You know, definitely we have a lot of surprises and plenty of reports, you know, and plenty of segments. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it, you know, uh, and, and definitely uh, we will... We will... Uh, definitely we will... Uh, 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 we definitely we will uh, have a lot of segments, but you know, after this break. Welcome back to watching the GC. Can we just check in with the call centre at Telephone? Plenty of donations coming in. I would like to read this one out from William Brown. That's my name, except for the surname. <laughs> And the first name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just a reminder, Mel, that donations come on a sliding scale. We've got the Dooley family from Greenwood. They donated $100. Beryl Hutchinson from Warwick donated $50. And Lynn Dower from Perth donated zero. She said, I can't help with the kids at the moment. <laughs> Glad to get your donation anyway. <laughs> well, it's time to head... Budget went into that. I was going to so. say, you spent all our donations. <laughs> what is this across the ditch? It's a, it's a new segment uh, where it's time to look at the big stories making news in New Zealand. Global supply chain issues could also mean Santa's sack is a lot lighter this year. <laughs> and, that, and that was across the ditch. <laughs> what are you doing? You're out of control. <laughs> just the way you just emphasise sack. <laughs> well, it was Super Saturday this week. A vaccination drive known as the Vaxathon. They managed to get 130,000 doses in one day, which is double the average. And how did people celebrate? Many Kiwis got into the spirit of the day, from traditional dances to freestyling. Get your jab moves. Yeah, show them how to do it, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> She did a rap battle with the weatherman, which was just next level. Uh, it was a special occasion, but I got the feeling host Patrick Gower was less interested in the vaccination numbers and more his social media numbers. We spent most of rehearsal today, Mike, practising 
TikTok. That's it right there, yes. at Matua Patty G. <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow me on TikTok and see me do this dance. My TikTok's not looking too good. Need to get to 10K if you want to see me dance. That has got absolutely nothing to do with the TikTok uh, that I just performed. <laughs> yeah, look for me on TikTok. No more TikToks, but nothing beats those vaccine numbers much, much better than my TikTok. <laughs> it's the only vaccine where the numbers go down. Yeah. What is he talking about? It's weird to see people on TV more desperate than us. I was going to say, I'm going to need a few vaccines to get my TikTok up. <laughs> but people's reasons for getting the jab varied. I'm getting vaccine today to protect my friends and family, <laughs> and because I'm part of the team of five billion to look after everyone. And I'm getting vaccinated today because we saw the free ice cream down here. <laughs> You can get your single scoop straight away, but you've got to wait 12 weeks for the double scoop. Uh, ice creams were one of the incentives, so they sent a correspondent to have a go at making one. Oh, look at that! Touchdown! Ladies and look at that! <laughs> Well, shifting gears, and I'm not sure about the footage used on this Clive Palmer report. The High Court unanimously agreed with the state's case. Clive Palmer met with lawyers this morning to review the judgment. Yeah, show them how to do it, Mama. One <laughs> politician who did have a great week was Kevin Rudd, who got on the beers and started appearing on TikTok. You should make this woman your girlfriend because she's a serious Sheila, and I think. She would be great for your future. So, don't fuck around. Whoa! <laughs> Fair shake of the breathalyzer, mate. Uh, he was a little bit... To other news now and to a great discussion about comedy on Q&A. Uh, what has this period of time done to our sense of humour, do you think, or our need for satire, Senator Bragg? Well, I'm not a very serious person, but uh, I have tried to be very serious over these past two years because... I think it's been a very difficult time for many people, so I'm looking forward to uh, some more laughs next year. <laughs> next year. Next year. Sounds like a hoot. <laughs> the voice in Virginia's ear says, get to Kevin Rudd, get to Kevin Rudd. <laughs> One person who always loves a laugh is Alan Jones. His guests don't even need to say anything to set him off. Richo, the occupant, good evening to you, my friend. <laughs> good evening, sir. <laughs> Just laughing at his guests. He, he said, "Look at him." <laughs> He's not waiting till next year. Good on Alan. But the big news this week: Chloe McArdle swam across the English Channel for the 44th time, breaking the record. And a reminder to take your phone off vibrate during a TV interview. Thank you so much. How are you feeling? I've got a lot of adrenaline right now. Um, <clears throat> I should be tired theoretically, but. I'm, I'm feeling great. My chest is feeling great. That's fabulous. Just her luck, the channel is a tier one. That's so annoying. Uh, the feat was hugely impressive to everyone except this reporter. Her 44th swim across the Strait of Dover, despite being just 21 miles across. Just 21, just 21 miles. miles. <laughs> you do it, then. Well, at, least, at least she didn't accuse Chloe of cheating. After another gruelling swim, Chloe McArdle walks the final few metres to French soil. Doesn't count, man. <laughs> well, let's ask her ourselves. Would you please welcome the world record holder, Chloe McCarthy? Thank you so much for joining us, Chloe. Just the record, my phone is on do not disturb now. <laughs> Amazing. How did that feel in the final leg, knowing you'd broken the record? 
Uh, a little bit surreal because I hold up on a pedestal the lady of the record that I broke, Alison Streeter, a British woman. So to actually get ahead of her when I've idolised her for like 15 years is is an incredible feeling and, yeah, I feel on top of the world. I guess I am. I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. You can write for me, Chloe. Um, <laughs> well, Chloe, just, just on Alison, I mean, it's an amazing achievement to beat her record, but would you be pissed off if she went for another swim? <laughs> Actually, it'd be really good for PR because then I can come back from Australia and steal the record back. That's what Des Renford did, an Australian marathon swimmer, back 30 years ago. Um, he kept stealing the record from a Brit and then the Brit would steal the record and, oh, it was great. How did you celebrate breaking the record? I went straight into 24 hours of back-to-back -back interviews and, as you could see, I was... Um, yeah, I was fiddling around on my phone a few times and just scraping through some of those interviews. So what you're saying is this is the last thing you feel like doing. <laughs> She's trying to break the world record for most interviews, so this is huge. I think Alison has done 45. <laughs> so swimming the English Channel once is incredible. Why did you decide to do it 44 times? Well, I wanted to be the best in the world at something and with marathon swimming... You've got to go after records or um, set the bar higher than it's already there. And in the English Channel, to set set a record, you could either go for a speed record or you can go for multiple crossings of the English Channel record. And I did a triple crossing of the English Channel in 2015, three laps nonstop. I was the first Aussie. So really this was the only other record I thought was amazing in the English Channel. When you say three laps nonstop, do you do a tumble turn at the French end? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, because we need to cross the waterline to officially finish each of the crossings. So um, just like I saw a bit earlier, I had to walk out of the water, pass the waterline, then walk straight back in. Uh, so unfortunately, no tumble turns. I, I knew that, Chloe. I was just being humorous. <laughs> <laughs> he often has to explain it. <laughs> but what's it, what's it like swimming the channel? Because swimming, like, one lap of a 25-metre pool is a tough ask. What's it like? What, what, what are the feelings like? What are you thinking when you're swimming the channel? Well, in terms of distance, just to put it in perspective, it's 36,000 arm strokes. So it's a really long way. It's very cold. So it's like going to a ski resort, taking off all your clothes and then running around for hours naked. It's freezing. Sounds like a Matt Doran um, dream. Trying, <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid hypothermia. Um, then there's the pain from continuous exercise for such a, a long period. Then there's a the monotony because there's not really much to do while you're out there. Um, Chloe is... And, oh, you're really, you're yeah. really selling it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, as soon as you said continuous exercise for a long period, Mel started nodding. <laughs> <laughs> you played basketball alone in the park for five minutes. I, I get the feeling she's just trying to put Alison off. <laughs> it's, it's so shit. You wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> and it's really expensive. Oh, oh is it expensive? On top of that, you're going to pay for the privilege of, of undergoing all this pain and torture. That's what they get you with membership fees at the channel. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of channels, please don't change them. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Thank would, you so much, Would you please thank Chloe McCullough? Love is well and truly blossoming. Chris Martin was caught serenading his girlfriend. Go away. The Beatles, as you've never seen them before. It's all about eggs. Adele set the date for her first album in six years. It was worth the wait. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
tonight on All Things Showbiz. Would you please welcome from Nobre FM our very own cultural correspondent, Mel Tresina! Um, I've actually been informed that cultural correspondent um, culture actually means more than reality TV. Uh, so I have some art news. Woo! Yes! Remember when Banksy sold one of his artworks at auction and then it shredded itself? If you missed it. No sooner did the gavel come down to mark the sale of Banksy's Girl with Balloon for a record $1.4 million, did the picture start to slip out of its frame into shreds below? I think Gladys did that same exhibition. <laughs> so we've gone from topical showbiz to historical artworks. Are we, are we on SBS now? What are we doing? I mean historical artworks. Banksy's alive. It's just an artwork. Oh, this from years ago. 2018. Calm down, Tim. Years ago. I mean, the Perth Telethon had only just started then. That is how long ago that was. Uh, well, that art piece, which is now titled Love is in the Bin, just resold for 30 million Aussie dollars. That's nearly half the Squid Game prize pool. <laughs> Understandably, the auctioneer was a little nervous. It's 16 million pounds. Alex, you're coming in. I can't tell you how terrified I am to bring down this hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and selling, ladies and gentlemen, for a new world record, the Banksy, Love is in the Bin, sold to you, 16 million pounds. If you're wondering who the buyer was, it's Tim's younger brother. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll be shredding that sh script at the end of the show. Now. <laughs> about that. Okay, enough culture. Got Picasso, <laughs> um, Monet, Ando. Any other artists? There's a lot of people on Ando who wished it shredded up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. Love Island. Right. Alternately titled Lovers in the Bin. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you haven't caught up on this show, it's basically a bunch of horny Instagram stars locked in a resort trying to hook up. We'll get Ryan to explain. We're here to, you know, see who we mesh with, who we don't mesh with, me who we mesh... Oh. <laughs> don't you hate those tricky one-syllable words? <laughs> He's not even an honour He's resort staff. What's he doing there? <laughs> Uh, to help them mesh, the couples try to find things they both have in common. I am a social media content creator. Cool. On what? TikTok and Instagram. I used to have TikTok. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. TikTok. We both have it. What are the odds? God, well, he used to have it. So he doesn't even have it now. <laughs> uh, Ari was obviously smitten. He's just so chiselled. He's, like, literally one of those Roman sculptures. So she's literally dating a block of Italian stone. Literally. <laughs> he literally has the same personality as one. So. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Michelangelo's Mitch. It is one of the great, one of the great sculptures. Uh, I, was, I was watching this week, Mel, and this week the girls had to try and piece together their ultimate man, and I'm not sure about the results. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> so, Love Island actually has its own recap show, Love Island After Party, hosted by former Bachelor contestant Abby Chatfield, and it's actually live, as you can tell. Let's have full transparency, guys. The nail has come off in the ad break, and I'd rather just tell you than get some glue. So, just if anyone's wondering why I have nine nails on. Yeah, I might. <laughs> no one look at my hands and need this. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Um, welcome back to Love <laughs> One of the fines of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> the after party gives us exclusive interviews with Islanders as they enter the house. I feel great. I'm ready. You know, I've been in quarantine for three weeks, so this is the first night that I'm actually going to meet real-life women. 
Yeah, real life women as opposed to the digital variety who was <laughs> meeting for those three long weeks of quarantine. Seems more like a blow up kind of variety. <laughs> Why do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> so he's Ronnie. Uh, he started speaking Spanish, and I don't think the producers were too happy with it. En las caderas. Anyways. Like the wrap-up music at the end of the Oscars. <laughs> this week, Abby did a live cross to Love Island host Sophie Monk, who paid Abby a massive compliment. I think. Abby, I've got to say, I've been watching your show live. Oh, you could be the new Ellen DeGeneres. Accused <gasps> <laughs> of bullying and cancelled. Thank you, Sophie. They've got a lot in common. They both have TikTok. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move home. Celebrity MasterChef is here on 10 and my Nova FM colleague, just a name drop, Chrissy Swan, had a tough night in the kitchen. Shit! Oh, darling, what's happened? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the whole point of MasterChef. Things going terribly wrong. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> this is great. She was loving it. Sadly, the judges didn't show quite so much love. But there is this clod of dense raw pastry at the bottom, which is just heinous. <laughs> clod, dense, raw, heinous. I don't even know what that last word means, but it doesn't yeah, sound good. I, I think I think clod of dense pastry is like the casting call for Love Island. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. <laughs> also, sadly, Chrissy, first celebrity eliminated. Muck around on this series. <laughs> uh, the Real Housewives of Melbourne Ep 2's dropped. So much to unpack. Gamble's given up being a Pomeranian breeder and is now into art. I'm putting on an exhibition of my late father's artworks. So, have you ever framed a vagina before? <laughs> my God, how beautiful is this? Do you really think it's hard to work out what they are? <laughs> He's wishing that painting shredded itself <laughs> so he could get out of there. That was the after-dark version of Ando as well. Oh, was it really? <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, in this episode, we got to meet new housewife, Angelie, who was once an anchor on CNN, and doesn't she love telling us about it? I have interviewed the most famous names on the planet. The Dalai Lama, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey. I just would have stopped at the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Dalai Lama, though, is notoriously handsy. <laughs> I just think we need to get that out on, on the public domain. Uh, she loves talking about her famous friends, but the other wives, slightly less impressed. Um, you know, Kevin Spacey, oh, Rihanna, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jay-Z, Kanye West. Uh, Kevin Spacey was Angelie's like a lead balloon name dropper. Jesus Christ, if she fucked them, it'd be interesting. <laughs> Especially the Dalai Lama. That'd be really interesting. That'd be really interesting. Of course, that lunch soon turned into a drunken fight. You could tell it was bad. I am very much a solo. Because Janet's face almost moved. Wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> but in the end, I think Cherry summed things up. Honestly, all I can think was, here we go again. Can we not just hang out and have a laugh? Does it have to be this attack? Let's empower each other and just women stick together. Ah, uh, yes, female empowerment. The main theme you come for when watching The Real Housewives of Melbourne. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel when me and you come together and bully Tim. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just empowering. Moving on. Um... <laughs> 
Just finally, it was another fun night in the Gogglebox living rooms. They were watching the Hey Hey anniversary special. Here's a name no one's forgotten. Dickie Name! Oh, like... oh, roll the video hey, Dickie was a head on a stick. No, he, he was a dick. He was a head on a stick. No, he was a dick on a stick. <laughs> With hair. <laughs> <laughs> They also watched Naked and Afraid, providing a further glimpse into Anastasia's viewing preferences. Yeah. Damn, look at them abs! But why, why are they naked? So we get to see his penis. <laughs> <laughs> why are they blurring it? Do not pixelate the penis. <laughs> and on that phrase, I end my week in the world of arts and entertainment. And on that note, would you please thank Mel Tracina? <laughs> Give us a T. Give us an Idis O'Reilly. It's that, that felt really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's start with the NRL. They've announced a new team will enter the league in 2023. It's the Redcliffe Dolphins. Although oh, really? the, the Cairns Crackheads didn't get a mention. No, <laughs> they were so close. <laughs> the Maroochydore Methods. They missed out. That's a real team. No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they're going to actually drop the Redcliffe part of the name and I think they're going to be either Queensland Dolphins or the Brisbane Dolphins. It's made some people a bit unhappy. Just Redcliffe. They're all fuckers. Just make sure Redcliffe. It's, it's... Could you be more disrespectful of the town, the area that gave you who you are? Just Redcliffe? What about Redcliffe? Uh, rah, rah, just... rah. <laughs> <laughs> rah, 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 the classic noise of a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you welcome Titus. <laughs> Uh, they're, so they're coming in in 2023. Now, I love expansion teams. Do you think they're going to be a success? Well, they, they're not going to be the worst one ever in Queensland. The worst one ever was the Brisbane Bears. They were announced they weren't based in Brisbane. They were on the Gold Coast and they were a koala, which isn't a bear. So the old <laughs> name was a lie. And when they were announced, they did a press conference and Ross Oakley was the head of the AFL and Christopher Scase had bought them for $4 million was the licence fee, but hadn't paid the AFL. So at the actual media conference, he handed over an envelope and said to Ross Oakley, here's your $4 million. So Ross Oakley thought, I'll open it in front of the media, goes to open it, and Christopher Scase leans over and goes, gentlemen, don't open envelopes in public. So a minute at the press conference over, he runs into the bathroom, Ross Oakley rips it open and it's empty. There's no <laughs> check in there. It took him months to get the money out of him. I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen that on telephone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to buy a franchise with afterpay. Yeah. Uh, in the NBA, now this is topical and this is a story we've all loved. I know Mel's a big fan of Kyrie Irving. I'm a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. I, I'm, I'm not happy with Kyrie's stance. What's happened? What's he done? Well, his stance is he's not going to get vaccinated and he's against vaccine mandates. So he's been told in the NBA, basically, you can't play. So he's going to miss out on the season. So he went on Instagram Live to sort of explain his thinking behind it. Don't believe that I'm retiring. Don't believe that, you know, I'm going to give up this game uh, for a vaccine mandate. So he, he, like, poured his heart and soul out for, you know, about 15 minutes. And the fans really got onto his level and asked some important questions. Here's my favourite here. Kyrie, would you rather fight a chicken every time you get in a car or fight one orangutan <laughs> a year, but you get a sword? <laughs> 
He's not going to answer right away. He's going to do his own research. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go the chicken option. Uh, in the WBBL, Jess Duffin was mic'd up on the weekend and she helped the umpire out a little bit. That's out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, New Zealand cricketer Henry Nichols. He's the 10th best batsman in the world. A fantastic player. He had to play club cricket because they've missed out on so much cricket because of COVID. Uh, and after the match, one of his opponents, a club cricketer, got in, um, interviewed, and that's far more entertaining than a professional. Tell us what it's like getting out to, to Henry Nichols. It's pretty heartbreaking, to be honest with you, mate. Um, I absolutely played like shit. Um, have no confidence and yeah, go absolutely owned. You guys make a conscious effort when you saw <laughs> that we want to be batting first because you surely didn't want to be chasing a big score. Oh, hell no, mate. I don't, I've got a poker tournament to go to tonight. I don't want to be here till seven o'clock. <laughs> Cricket really is the gentleman's game, isn't oh, it? It is. it its Incidentally, he owns a cute and cuddly pony farm uh, in New Zealand. <laughs> Oh, well, to American football now, and it might look like a very tough sport, but this footage shows the hardest bit comes after the game. For you so far these past couple of games? Oh, the difference, not just for me, but as a unit. Yeah. Just trying to get our run game together, you know, after practices, coming together for an hour and finding out what runs, what runs we like as a whole. Take it off. <laughs> Take it off. That's me trying to get out of my pre-lockdown clothes. Um, to Irish soccer, which I know you guys are just... Massive. You're dressed for Irish soccer there, Mel. <laughs> Amazing for Irish uh, soccer. Glenn Torren goalkeeper Aaron McCary, he reacted after his team led in the lake equaliser like this. Still can't. Carfreel. And straight away, McCary ran over to Bobby Burns. This is probably the best angle. That's ran his over. teammate. He <laughs> does strike Bobby Burns. To be fair, I feel yeah. like doing There's that to Tim sometimes. The, the, the show, so it can happen. I've seen you do it to Tim sometimes. <laughs> uh, and finally, this proves anything can become a professional sport, no matter what. The Balloon World Championships have been held in Spain, and have a look. <laughs> don't you love they're wearing helmets when in rugby league they don't even wear helmets? <laughs> Three people desperately trying to keep a balloon in the air. What a metaphor for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we've got to take a break. Would you please thank Thomas O'Reilly? standing by. But first, let's check back in on telephone. Cam and Will, do you hear that? What is it? Silence. Silence. <laughs> Could have used that club a few times tonight. <laughs> they, are they coming to us from our studio? <laughs> Look, the big news this week, William Shatner made his voyage into space. This Kiwi reporter couldn't hold back his excitement in the voice booth. In closer to the stars after roaming them on screen decades ago. Oh where no nonagenarian has gone before. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I think we found out how William Shatner managed to pay for his ticket. All the things we need to do and the loves and the, and the losses, I was just... It was an enormous moment for me that I never expected. I, too, have an album called Bill that's out there. 
to say is the ironing. Uh, I have an album out there called Bill right now. There's a song on there, So close, so Far From the Moon. It's getting great reviews. I mean, it's a beautiful album. It's a work of love. And, and, uh, and as, as you say, it's getting astonishing reviews. As you say. You, you said it. You said it. In space, no one can hear you plug, so he's just had to... It's a, it's a great album, though. It managed to get to the top of the iTunes charts for three minutes and then it went right back down. Incredible. Look, Jeff Bezos was there to greet him after he landed, and we've all been in that situation where you're trapped in a conversation with William Shatner while everyone around you is having way more fun. Hey. The impression I had that I never ex expected that is you're shooting up. Oh my god. Give me a champagne bottle. Come here. I want to hear this. Yeah. And you had to ruin it. There's a song in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's saying in space, it's time to meet our special guest. From the desert of West Texas. Northwestern China. The space rock crashed through her bedroom ceiling. A 12-year quest to explore eight asteroids. You're not supposed to look out of the window, but I did. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. William Shatner on his way to the final frontier. <laughs> The prince versus the captain. We need to repair this planet. It's very busy up in space at the moment. <laughs> Would you please welcome ABC weatherman and certified space nerd, Nate Byrne! Good evening. Good evening, something you don't get to say because, of course, we know you from ABC News Breakfast. Mm -hmm. also, also a big space fan. I am. I, I've actually been asleep for about four hours now uh, already and... Uh, I'm, I'm here. It's okay. <laughs> Barely. It's, it's good to have another Tim lookalike on the show. It's like a fine line between guests and just auditioning to be the co-host. <laughs> I'm glad to find that I've, I've finally got a backup for when I'm sick on Brecky. <laughs> it's a bold move for you, Nate. <laughs> I was going to say, we know you from News Breakfast, but you're a big space fan. Yeah. So what is it about that big, empty, lifeless void that makes News Breakfast so successful? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly I get to nerd on about whatever the heck I want okay, to, and it's often space. Uh, well, you're here tonight to talk about space, because it's been a big week for space. What was your highlight? Uh, it's got to be the movie that's just been shot. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the Russians have managed to get up there and film the first proper movie with actors. I think we've got some footage of it. A Russian actor and director arrived at the International Space Station on Tuesday. Every 30 seconds brought us something entirely new. And uh, there's Yulia Parasild, uh, the Russian actress, now out of the Soyuz V. This is amazing. The first movie filmed in space. Yeah, actually, not technically the first. They're, they're... All right, Burn. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Look, you're from the ABC. We don't do fact-checking here. Uh, <laughs> Apogee of Fear was. It was uh, this little eight-minute short that I haven't seen because uh, it's only got 4.6 stars on uh, IMDb, <laughs> I think, so don't not really worth ours. my time. Please don't look at ours. <laughs> do not look at ours. <laughs> of course, William Shatner was part of the Blue Origin uh, crew who travelled to space uh, last week for just 11 minutes. A quick visit. Is it worth it? A hundred percent. That would be worth it. He got it for free. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd take it for free. 11 minutes would be fine by me. But, um, yeah, it's not the weeks in orbit that, you know, I might prefer. But I'd take 11 minutes. <laughs> that, is well, my, that is my Tinder bio. <laughs> 
I was going to say, we can only, only offer you five and a half here tonight. <laughs> oh, well, good thing I'm tired. <laughs> you are a great... You are a great weatherman. Are you aware we can get the weather on our phones? <laughs> yes, but... But can you actually read it, though? So many people, especially being here in Melbourne recently, have been complaining. They're like, oh, it's got rain. But it's not rained. Sometimes it rains when you're asleep. Yeah, and sometimes you need, you need somebody to interpret an icon so that you can understand what the weather's actually Oh, doing. yeah. Some people look at a, a picture of the sun and go, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. It's tricky. Well, no-one interprets the weather better than you, Nate. Um, oh. It's not just regular weather, but um, natural disasters you're an expert on. You've been uh, looking at all the... Um official organisations' websites about the, uh, the strength of this and the depth. So just go through for us what you've been able to find out. So far, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we play about ten more seconds of that clip for a bit of context? No. No. Come on, that's me. I'm sure we're not allowed to put in context. <laughs> no context. No context. Uh, do you think you could have done a little bit more research there? No. That, that, that... <laughs> So that, that, that was moments after it was happening and he just recapped the entire thing. He's like, what else have you got? I'm like, you just said it all. <laughs> Let's go back to space, though, because yeah. currently the cost of a ticket to space, is, it's through the roof. How far off affordable space travel do you think we are? You don't earn enough to be able to pay a half a million dollars for a space flight ticket. Are we going to no? get, like, a Jetstar space travel situation going? You've got to get over the ABC, man. We're loaded. <laughs> We're getting roasted about wages from the host of the ABC News Breakfast. Yeah, you're right. You don't even I'll have a cash cow. Where are you getting no. the money from? Yeah, you're right. No, I'm hoping I get a Shatner deal. Oh. No, no, have you got yeah, an album to promote? Yeah, well, not yet, but... Stand by. <laughs> no, look, I, I think it's totally worth it, but it's, it's inaccessible for most people and it's going to be inaccessible for a long, long time. But so was air flight, you know, when that first started and even getting on a train and stuff like that. You know, this is, at the moment, big boy is playing with toys for the rich, but the stuff that falls out of it, that's what's exciting and what might change life for the rest of us. Well, the big, the big boy fight, that's the, that's the main story, isn't it? Because it's Bezos, Elon Musk and Richard Branson. Yep, all swinging th themselves around. <laughs> Mate, it's not you breakfast TV. You can say dicks. <laughs> OK, swinging their dicks. <laughs> uh, have you seen Bezos's logo for the Blue Origin? No. It's, um, it's, it's quite the sort of... Image. Do we, do we have an image of that? It's a feather, officially, on his shirt, and we've got this picture. But uh, if you if you get in close, it's um, it's a choice uh, at a distance. Thank you so much for joining us, Nate, and filling us in. Filling us in. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that note, we've got to take a break. Would you please thank Nate Burns? <laughs> Time now for what's on, what's on in the warehouse. Yes. Three claps. Uh, <laughs> this is where we look at what's on, what's on in the warehouse. And what is on, what's on, what's on in the warehouse this week, Tim? I thought you'd never ask. Well, this week, the big topic is... It's so important to stay active, eat well and prioritise intentional self-care. Intentional self-care. Self <laughs> as opposed to when you fall over and slip into a foot spa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that 
they love doing on this show is agreeing with each other. Excellent news for those who are iron deficient and unable to tolerate some other iron supplements out there. Exactly. When the supplement is gentle on the stomach, you're more inclined to stick with the dosage and that gives you a better chance to improve your health. You're so right, Colour. So, <laughs> so, so right, Colour. Right. So exactly, right. Tim. Well, it's time now to champion the unsung heroes of television, our weather presenters. This week, an award for Kirsty Fitzpatrick from Prime News for putting up with the anchor talking about his weeds. Just what I needed, Kirsty. The rain and then the sun. I've got enough weeds as it is. Yeah, well, it's spring for you, isn't it? Unbelievable. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. More weed pulling. That's your local news for tonight. Seven News from Melbourne is next. I'll see you again tomorrow. If I'm back from pulling out the weeds. <laughs> keep going. In regional TV, when you find a good joke, you repeat it as often as you can. <laughs> really hammer it home. Look, one story that caught a lot of people's eyes this week. Uh, Superman's son, Jonathan Kent, being bisexual... Good morning, Britain's Richard Maidley. Couldn't keep his eyes away from the image. Well, here it is. This, oh, he is. This is the new Superman. Jonathan Kent, <laughs> the son, of course, of Clark Kent and, uh, and Lois Lane, their union, uh, kissing a man in the upcoming comic book store. The Man of Steel is not the only superhero to explore his sexuality. His characters are updated for a new time and audience, but critics say it's jumping on the bandwagon. We're discussing that this morning. First, here's Helen Keenan. One more look. One more sneaky look. And it reached the point where the control room had to intervene. In the real world, you can have real male heroes who are gay or bisexual. And to actually just make one of them... Oh, he's gone. To make... To make... <laughs> he's gone. Well, to another one of our favourite shows, Mel, ITV's This Morning, they had their usual run of eclectic guests perfectly described by the banners at the bottom of the screen. Probably, uh, my face is a bit more rounder than yeah. Dolly's. It this must be such yeah. a exciting day. We have needed this new, new music for so long. The fence was open, right? <laughs> the fence was mine to get through the fence. I wasn't from a religious family. I was from a spiritual family. A threesome with God. Incredible. Just on that last story, when you're talking about a threesome with God, I'm not sure this is an appropriate question. I just decided to invite him to be a part of everything, including my sex life. So how do you know he's there? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically an orgy because he's the father, the son and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's check in with friend of the show, Natasha X, will be back from Tokyo and, as always, reporting on the big stories. It's wicked. So would it be fair to say I am now standing on the nipple? Yeah. I'm standing on the nipple. <laughs> there, there, again, repeating that joke. <laughs> Mind you, when it comes to skateboard reporting, nothing beats this clip from Victor Williams from Detroit Local News. And so Mr. Premium is going to be out here every single Monday and Wednesday skateboarding with everyone and trying his best to basically show them exactly what to do. As far as Chandler's skate park, they'll be done in about the next 10 days or so. Victor Williams, Local 4. Victor. <laughs> and just finally tonight, this week, the Queen granted city status to South End. As part of her Platinum Jubilee celebrations next year. Well, Lee Milner is at South End for us now, and this will be glad news. Yes, this is huge news, not only for South End, but for Essex as a whole, but for the whole of Essex. Yes, this is huge news, not only. Yes, this is huge news. <laughs> huge news. <laughs> That's all we've got time for. Yeah.